0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever it is that you're listening to us. We want to thank you in advance. We as fans have always appreciated your input as fellow fans. When you're happy, we're happy. When you're upset, we are too. But sometimes we're just a little bit more honest. We are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. You can find us on Twitter at Bastards underscore Boston. I am your host, Charlie Smith, coming to you from Providence, Rhode Island. You can find me on Twitter at Smith underscore MLB. Our other hosts for this episode are Terry Cushman coming to us from Myrtle Beach in South Carolina by way of Wyndham, Maine, and Cody Paulson coming to us from Houston, Texas by way of Ponte Vedra, Florida. Cody, how are you, and where can the fans find you on Twitter? Charlie, I am doing very well tonight. Um, the fans can find me on Twitter
1: at the Cody Paulson. Was able to catch a lot of the series on the radio this weekend. Um, I visited some family up in Rhode Island, so... Um, Back in Texas, I got the MLB subscription uh, for the Red Sox, so I can watch the games. But here, uh, Nesson kind of had had the cloud over me, so I was in the blackout uh, kind of restricted area. But it was good to to listen to the game vintage style. Um, you know, we had it on as we were just sitting there chatting with with family. So uh, it was a good weekend for me. Terry, how about yourself? How are you doing?
2: Doing well still have an annoying cold so i'll be sucking on cough drops as i have been i've never had a cold or anything in july ever including during covid so it's like weird that is pretty weird actually i don't think
0: i've ever had a summer cold yeah i did get covid during the summer though that did happen
2: yeah i don't remember the exact timelines for me but i'm positive they weren't in the summer Uh, So anyway, (laughs) otherwise doing very well, hopefully clear headed Uh, Red Sox still having their best month of the season, Uh, lost their six or seven game win streak on Saturday, took the series two out of three, Uh, currently tied with the Yankees for last place. And both teams are both a game and a half out of the wild card. So Got another cupcake series with Oakland. We'll be covering that for the afternoon commute. And uh, the rest of the month, a little bit tougher after Oakland.
0: Yeah, and where can the fans find you as well, Terry? I
2: will be causing all of my mischief at Cushman MLB.
0: Thank you. And uh, what is the status of the standings with the Boston Red Sox before we go into our studs? still tied for last but we're not appearing fifth on the totem pole so that's a little little bright light at the end of the tunnel uh if we can find a, a little bit of silver lining there we are in technically fourth out of five teams in the al east as cody pointed out we had the tiebreaker in our favor uh cody we had terry lead off last week but we're gonna we're gonna try you out uh, in, in the leadoff spot today. We'll change things up. Why don't you hit us with your stud,
1: high contact hitter, going uh, going off leadoff, huh? There it is. There uh, it is. <laughs> for my stud for this series, uh, I wanted to give some shine to Tristan Cassis. Um, You know, he had a pretty good end to the first half there, and really, you know, the All Star break kind of came at a brutal spot for him. He was starting to put together some good at bats. Um, some loud contact starting to move the ball the other way. I think I saw a tweet that said like him and Matt Olsen were the only two players to be able to hit a ball high and inside to the opposite side of second base for a home run. Um, And, you know, he really kind of proved that the all-star break didn't do anything to cool him down. He came out of the gates, three games, three home runs and none of them were cheap ones either. I know the wind was blowing out at Wrigley, but all of these shots were moon bombs. Um, You know, Game one, he had a one-run shot to make it 5-1. Game two, a little bit out of hand after that Bellinger home run, but it cut it to 8-3, you know, with the way that the ball was flying out of Wrigley. You're like, maybe we could get hot here, catch some of the later innings, and then, you know, they continued to put us to the iron. But uh, game three, two-run bomb to make it 11-0 at the time, which, you know, kind of felt like empty calories, but those two runs uh, kind of proved to be a little bit more comfortable towards the end of the the game than we would have liked. Um, But... So, you know, he's he's swinging a hot bat, you know, uh, came off the bench to hit, to hit that pinch hit home run in game three. Um, but to take it a step back, you know, he obviously had a slow start to the season, right? Those first 25 games, 133 average, three home runs, not really cutting it on base. Um, you know, it was kind of boosted by those walks, but not the on-base percentage we would like to see from a guy that was taking as many pitches as he was. Um, and he's, you know, kind of continuously to warm up as the season has gone. Now, you know, he is – only 23 and, you know, we are halfway through. So warming up might not be the right term, but over his last 30 games, he's batting 284, uh, 365 on base percentage, 500 slugging, 865 OPS with five home runs. Um, You know, so this is a guy that's really, we'd like to see, you know, kind of come into his own. Uh, You know, it hasn't quite been the meteoric turnaround that Jaron Duran has had, but um, this is the other side of the coin of this front office, kind of sticking with players and allowing them to kind of, have those growing pains at the major league, excuse me, major league level, um, you know, where we have gotten burned with some players in the past. It's good to see this one kind of knock on wood work out in our favor. So for, for this series, I got to give it to Tristan Casas.
0: Terry.
2: I've had my complaints all season. Well, most of the season about how Duran has been handled and some other things, but I think they're actually handling Tristan Casas really well right now Um, you know if we're facing a lefty and Cora prefers Turner at first base generally I'm not really gonna have a problem with that and Casas is in a groove right now and this is what we were kind of hoping to see earlier in the season I think we were expecting him to build on, uh, you know, what he showed us in the final month of the 2022 season. And you're seeing the confidence. And a confident Tristan Casas is going to be a very lethal (laughs) Tristan Casas. So um, three home runs in a row. Uh, Love to see it this season's kind of going to be, you can't call it a lost season because we're at the halfway break and he could still have a monster second half. But as we're seeing these balls go over the fence, it's just kind of curious to know what the ceiling will be for him in terms of home runs. A lot of people said before the season that he's probably only going to hit about 25 home runs and, you know, but, you know, with a with a pretty high batting average. And I've always thought he's had the potential to be a 35 uh, to 40 home run guy. So I think that's where he's trending. I, I really believe that. So um, we'll see. I, I, I like what I'm seeing. I I'm a lot more comfortable with him now than I was, you know, a month and a half or so ago when it looked like he just needed to be optioned to get his head cleared, um, but he's he's making it work, and uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch.
0: I'll say this much. I know he was one of the players that a lot of us weren't really too high on. Uh, just to begin the year, we had high hopes. We were saying, please, got to be better than Bobby Dahlbeck, but if you, you look back, he hadn't been really relevant before this series began since maybe a week or so before the end of June. So June 20th, 21st, around that time, um, it was that Chicago series where he had a homer, a couple RBIs. He had no runs knocked in. But over the last five, six games, he's scoring a run a game. And in each game, as Cody mentioned, had a home run. Why he wasn't starting game three, though, I mean, when someone is hot like that, had a home run in two games, you've got to have him go in game three. And sure enough, enters in the game, has a pinch hit home run as well. Um, this month had no home runs, no RBIs before the Chicago series. So this is that type of series that you want to see a player like Tristan Casas have, or a series have, <coughs> excuse me, you want to see this kind of series from someone like Tristan Casas. This might be the beginning of him starting to get really hot. Terry just talked about it. We don't know how hot the second half is going to be for him. I don't anticipate him just all of a sudden striking out all the time and then falling back to 200. Cody talked about the fact that the hits are starting to come through. He's raised his batting average from the middle of June from uh, you know 200 just under it to now hitting 230, a little over that. So already you're seeing the batting average go up. You're seeing the pop happen in three straight games, and they – when Costas when hits home runs, they're usually not cheapies because he's got the, the power for them. So I'm actually pretty excited to see what else we, we can get out of him. I, I, I don't think we're going to start seeing, you know, like doubles Duran out of Tristan Costas all of a sudden, but it, it would be a nice kind of story to follow what we saw with Jaron Duran. Uh, anything else that you wanted to add, Cody, since I was your guy? No. Uh, Terry, who is your stud for the series?
2: I It was a tough choice. There were two to pick from, but um, despite Masataki Ishida being the hero of Game 3, I still had to go Raffy Devers. Um, Devers, three home runs in the series, six for 13, just a shade under uh, 500. He's finally... He's finally really coming around. You're starting to see a much more consistent Devers. Uh, most of his hits are extra base hits, and that's nice to see. He's driving the ball, he's he's uh, you know, in a much better groove as well. And when you look at, I mean, we've won what I think it's like nine out of our last 10, something like that, eight out of our last nine. If Devers is hot, you're, you're going to win a lot more baseball games. And before that, it was Justin Turner carrying us. And we just need a, to see a little bit more consistency out of Devers. We need his mindset, you know, to be consistent as well. If he's always swinging for the fences, that's when we see the hits go down. That's when the average goes down. The strikeouts go up. And you're just seeing a guy who's who's got a rhythm right now that everybody's everybody's playing for second place right now in in the MVP race. We all know who's going to, you know, who's going to win it in the end. Um, Although weird question. This is an ADD moment because I'm going way off my take here. What if Otani gets traded to the National League? Then what?
0: I actually do think Otani does get traded to the National League. Well, There's only a few teams that are going to pay for somebody like that. There really are only a couple destinations that he's going to go to.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I'm just saying, I, I just don't know what the ruling is on that. And the Angels have said in the last few days they will listen to
0: offers on Otani. So, go ahead. So, let me ask you a question. What do you think... Shohei Ohtani, and then what do you think Major League Baseball are prioritizing? Do you think Shohei Ohtani is prioritizing money? Or do you think he's prioritizing going to a real contender that he will be able to go to and play for the next 10 years? Major League Baseball doesn't care about the money. They care about playoff baseball. Shohei Ohtani in the playoffs, a lot of money. Shohei Ohtani out of baseball for the the month of October, not as good.
2: For well, obvious reasons, I, I think Manfred definitely wants him to go to a contender. One hundred percent. I think Shohei probably wants the money, though. <laughs> he he wants both.
1: I, I mean, was going to say he can get both.
2: Yeah, he's going to get both. So I mean, because go back what back in March, the bright lights of the WBC. I mean the the ratings for that and the interest for it was off the charts. There's I mean you can't tell me that Otani didn't take that in and be like, man, I want this all the time. And you're you're getting it none of the time in Anaheim. I did not mean to make that rhyme. I'm not a rapper. Um, but that's you know, that's what he wants. So if he goes to the National League, maybe that's a loophole. Maybe Maybe the Devers' dream for for MVP finally happens. If he goes off, he's got to get that average up. He's already hit 23 home runs. Uh, we're past the halfway point. Everybody calls the all-star the halfway point. 33. 33.
0: Okay. That's what he's on pace you for. No, no. You said he had... Are you talking about Otani?
2: Oh, no. I was talking about Devers.
0: I apologize. Okay. I thought we were still talking. Sorry yeah. about
2: that. So but it, it'll I just don't know what happens in the in the MVP race if uh, if he goes to another league I'm assuming he would have to win the NL uh, MVP
0: at that point. I that's one thing that's been really confusing for me. I actually don't know how many games you'd have to play like if you get traded in between like one one league and then get shifted over to the other that's something actually i'll i'll look i'll look at I'm uh putting it
2: on social digs. media right now some nerd will know one yeah of, one of my haters will be
0: like you idiot that's the worst question of all time and then you know and then they'll well i mean i was listening to one of your last episodes and some there was some moron out there that you know jason was enjoying with a four-part question who said like do you oh, know yeah.
2: Dumbest person on Twitter. Mr. Right now. Rungta. I don't remember his first name. Moron. His, his last name was easier to pronounce, but, um, but yeah. So uh, th- I'm just saying uh, Devers was the star, uh, you know, crushing it at the plate. Uh, much love to Otani. He did drive in six today, um, you know, basically put the game out of reach, but but throughout the whole series, I thought Devers
0: was a little bit more lethal. Yeah, I mean, when you have a week like that, we talked about earlier this year, what was going to happen if the batters and the guys in the lineup around him were also supporting Devers and not striking out and rounding out and floundering at the dish. Now pitchers have to figure out who do they want to pitch to. Do you do you give Devers some proper pitches or do you just kind of do whatever? Because before Turner was struggling, you know, Duran kind of hit a rut Verdugo hit a little bit of a rut. There was no reason to have to pitch to Devers. You could walk him If it got that bad, it wasn't a concern, but now Devers is hitting the cover off the ball. Justin Turner's on another planet. He's already exceeded expectations as far as I'm concerned and he's already outdone some of the numbers that he had all of last year with the Dodgers. So you got that going on. Duran is just on another planet right now, as far as I'm concerned, who's still hitting doubles left and right, even in this series. You have Yoshida, who's just... I don't even know how to quantify how lucky we were. I don't know if everybody on this podcast at the beginning of the year was super, super pumped and super excited for him, but... I'd have to go back and listen. I'm pretty sure I was in the boat of this cannot be the the worst ad. You've got to buy some guys. You've got to have to sign. You're going to have to sign somebody. Why not use to, to be like lights out? Terry, I apologize. I don't remember if you were like, oh, God, I don't know. Or I, if you were. I don't think you were about it.
2: I was hardcore anti Masataki Yoshida. Uh, I had I, a hunch, but I wasn't I scared. was I anti-giving an unknown player in the major leagues 18 million dollars and with that said I mean I've basically owned it since probably you know early May I would say but I mean that is the single best move Heimblum has made uh
0: in his tenure here without a doubt I mean ideally the way I looked at it was if you can get you know almost like a like a lower end of like J.D. Drew, you were going to be fine. If you could get 16 to 18 home runs, something in the 65 to 80 RBI range, I would be okay with that for your first year, for your first year, because you're going to have to kind of figure it out in Major League Baseball. It's a little bit different. The league is different. you got different rules, different dimensions of ballparks. I'm going to give him the first year. I'm going to give that to him. He will exceed Everyone's expectations. Is he going to be a 30 homer, 100 RBI guy in his first year? No. Is he going to be someone who can hit 18 to 20 home runs? Yeah. Is he going to probably hit more than 75, 80 RBIs? Yes. Everything that's possibly trending in the right direction right now for Boston, knock on wood, is all clicking. It's all working. We have a couple of kinks right now that we still need to work on on the pitching side of things. But offensively, if I'm not mistaken, we're looking at like a top three, top four offense as far as batting average, knocking in runs. I'd have to look at it. I'm not looking at it right now, but you can call me wrong if, if I am. But the way that they're scoring runs right now, it was like the beginning of the year when we scored nine runs three games in a row. Now, Chicago's not the most lethal team right now. You know, this isn't Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati is one of the most like, electric rookies of all time who's been in the league for about five minutes and has already basically put the league in his pocket Uh, Eli Eli Dela Cruz is just insane. But I'm really curious to see if the Red Sox can continue this kind of trend of like offensive onslaught against Tampa Bay, against Baltimore, against Cincinnati, against Atlanta, you know, against these teams that actually have full merit, like they get it. Uh, Terry, something else you want to add?
2: Yeah, I got some of the numbers in front of me right now. So they are currently third place in batting average, fourth place in on base. They still continue to lead uh MLB in doubles. Uh Texas is right on our heels. They've only got three less, but then it's a right. large gap uh to third. Who do you think's in third place? Wild guess. For for wild hitting, guess for hitting doubles. You, and i spoil just to give you a hint you're gonna need to give me a wild answer
0: yeah um you know honestly it wouldn't surprise me if it's cincinnati
2: uh not cincinnati uh i'm not even showing them uh they're not even top 10 uh Darn. C- cody any guesses before i throw it out
1: i'm gonna say i'm looking at it as well so okay. i have a recuse myself. Uh, okay, it's the Colorado Rockies right now. <laughs> oh, that was going to be my second guess!
2: No uh, way! So, but the oh, Reds... They're... Oh, wow. Red Sox do lead that category. Uh, let's check RBIs right now. Uh, I mean, we're
1: top five
0: or better in all the major counting statistics. Are we Offense leading? is the run right now. Like, that's that's been our thing. Like, getting consistent pitching has been our issue. Wow, we were
2: leading uh, for the first couple of months in runs scored. We slipped to fifth, and it's a long gap between us and first uh, Texas Rangers have the best offense in in MLB. So that makes their trade deadline a lot more fascinating uh, to me. But, right. Man, th- these playoffs, whether we're going to be in them or not, like if you love major league baseball, these playoffs are looking really good. I mean, what can Baltimore <laughs> do? What can Texas do? right it's tampa they've had a bad month but i mean they got plenty of time to get it back together but there's just a lot of teams with a lot of good pitching and a lot of good hitting and
0: uh right it's gonna be a fun october yeah speaking of fun uh speaking of fun i get to do my stud and this is this was actually a fun one because i wasn't expecting this i got to do a a little bit of, of shared FaceTime so i could watch a little bit of the game my stud for this one is Cutter Crawford. Stutter Crawford. Uh, stutter. Stutter <laughs> uh, Cutter Crawford. Uh, Cutter Crawford ended up going six innings allowed, one hit. Um, struck out nine, walked four. I don't know uh, if we're going to see Cutter Crawford do something like that again, but I think it's really, really important to highlight the highs when they're high because when they are high, they can be really high for some guys. For Cutter Crawford, this is probably his first, maybe second best performance. He's already hit six innings early this year. He he went six and a third against uh, L.A. earlier this year. Excuse me. Um, So already, you know, we're starting to see a little bit of that luck kind of creep our way again. Because before this, Cutter wasn't really able to make it past five strong innings. You know, against Texas, didn't do that great. Against Toronto, did okay against Chicago, got shelled, Colorado didn't do well. You know, these are games where in that span, one quality start. Granted, has not been a starter all that long, has given us, you know, spot starts, and I think will continue to be called upon to do that. I don't think that Cutter Crawford is going to be somebody that they will look at for the future to be in that rotation, at least not right now. So really happy with his performance. Nine strikeouts. It doesn't matter if you start, you relieve. You got nine punch outs. That's quality. You're one away from from double digits. That's amazing. You did it in six innings, albeit against Chicago. You did it in their house. So it's not like you had your own fans behind you. So credit Crawford, six innings, nine strikeouts. Uh, Cody, why don't you uh, hit it from there?
1: I was very impressed with Cutter Crawford today. Ball was flying out of Wrigley all weekend long, um, you know, to not give up any runs for that matter, I think, was extra impressive considering, you know, the ability for Chicago to leave the stadium at a moment's notice. Bellinger has been swinging an incredibly hot bat to keep him off balance, um, you know, to keep him in the yard. I mean, he single-handedly put away game two on our heads right there with that grand slam. So, um, you know, early in the game, Cutter – I don't know if he was getting squeezed again. I was just listening to the radio, so I couldn't see the pitches, but uh, you know, he had some walks, he had some hits here and there, but he limited the damage. He got double plays when he needed to. And he gave us six innings, right? This bullpen was kind of taxed, especially after Paxton's start. And so, you know, we really needed length out of him today. If he had uh, another, uh, sorry, it's not, if he had another, but if there was another short start by a starter, we really would have been in some, in some serious trouble. And, you know, uh, the ability of Crawford to go six strong with nine punch outs and, um, you know, take some of the load off the bullpen, allow us to put some space in between us and Chicago. And it'll let us use some arms that were necessarily not high leverage guys, I think was uh, an even bigger uh, benefit to the already incredible performance that he had.
2: Gary. Any win Cutter Crawford gives you is a good win. I mean, he's I'm still skeptical and that, that's that been my favorite word all season, skeptical on uh, Crawford. I mean, he did walk four guys. He, he did benefit from a couple crucial double plays in the earlier innings. Uh, Nico Horner, Christopher Morrell, and uh, Ian Happ couldn't do anything with him. That was the part of the order that he was uh, dominating, especially Um, but we'll see. I mean, Red Sox stats was talking about the, the metrics of his fastball and how it's just hasn't been good lately. And, um, you know, it, it looked like, you know, kind of coming into today, the league was starting to figure him out. So we'll see in his next start, you know, if he can kind of build off of this a little bit, but, um, but it was a good outing today, and uh, he had a lot of run support. And um, like I said, any any win, uh, you know, from a, a Cutter Crawford start, you're going to take it, especially when you got two bullpen games
0: uh, every five times through. So, Pretty much, yeah. Anything else you want to add, Cody? Nope. Cool. Right on. So a couple honorable mentions. No surprise here. Brian Bayo, six innings. Not the cleanest game. Uh, Did strike out five, allowed two home runs, uh, three runs total on eight hits, uh, but did do, you know, what I like to call your job. As a starter, six innings is, bottom line, the expectation. If you can't give us six innings, you're not doing your job. Masataka Yoshida has to be honorably mentioned. I don't know how he hit that second one for, I mean, granted, I think that was a, a little bit of a misplay by their center fielder, Uh, And that's how he ended up getting two more runs to come around on that triple. But the grand slam right in that little net was just absolutely perfect up and in beautiful chef's kiss. Grand salami ended up going five for 14, six RBIs in the series. Again, all coming all that damage coming on literally two swings in game three, but I will take it. Jaron Duran. uh, I'm still going to keep him in the stud, you know, honorable mention category until he does something absolutely foolish his 28th double of the year, I believe, which now leads the Boston Red Sox. It's third in all of Major League Baseball, still trailing only Matt Chapman, who has had nearly 100 more at-bats. It's just, it's just dumb. It's literally stupid. So um, he continues to just blow my mind away. And I think I can speak for Red Sox Nation when I say that we are all super thankful for what Jaron Duran's been able to do uh Jorge Alfaro two for six I'm putting him there because his batting average is over 300 couple singles so we went two for six there Justin Turner I don't know how we're ever going to be able to stop saying thank you to that man for doing what he's doing at the age of 38 four for 11 in the series another home run four RBIs another walk just doing damage another couple doubles there Some of our bullpen arms, Winkowski, Bernardino, both pitched an inning, struck out one and two respectively. Uh, Again, masterful series. Yes, we lost game two, but darn it, we have to highlight wins when we get them, especially when you have moments of brilliance and just chef's kiss moments when things are going great for you. Anything else that uh, either one of you two wanted to add to that? Terry.
2: Uh, Jolie Rodriguez had another uh, stellar performance. It was in a losing game, but uh, punched out two in his uh, inning of work. So something to be uh, watchful of. If this continues, he could certainly be a weapon uh, out of the pen. And Brendan Bernardino, uh, solid throughout the series as well. So two lefties. I mean, we've all in recent years we've had trouble just identifying one that was serviceable now it seems like we have two um did you mention Yu Chang
0: Nope didn't nope. mention Yu Chang feel free
2: Home run uh in game 1 was 3 for 8 on the series 2 for 4 today one of those hits was a leadoff double uh up the uh, right center gap so uh further burying uh kike hernandez's chances of uh you know getting more at bats but but a couple uh a couple i thought
0: could be in there i mean he went zero for three in the series Talk about kike now uh, i think he did walk though if i'm not mistaken but he did
2: draw a walk yeah
0: yeah so walked No no errors on paper for lack of a better term oh he didn't uh, get
2: one on uh saturday no
0: I don't think it was ruled an error. I okay. think they gave him a little bit of a break there. Yeah, yeah. he didn't.
2: Um, uh, he messed up the transfer. So. Yeah,
0: it, it's. I real like. Here's the thing about Kike. I think he's having a really off year and things just are not going right because you don't go from completely, I don't say dominating a position at short because Kiki's has always been the Swiss Army knife, at least when he was a Los Angeles Dodger. Played second, played short. Played all three positions in the outfield. If I'm not mistaken, I think he played a little bit of third base, maybe first base. Didn't catch and he didn't pitch. Excuse me. But was able to do literally everything. And then Chris Taylor joined. Chris Taylor could play second and short and could play the outfield too. So then they had two of those Swiss Army Knife players. Obviously, then we got one. Chris Taylor stayed, signed a four-year, 64, I think, million-dollar deal. Stay with the Dodgers, and that's not really aging great. But um, not to say that the $10 million one was aging great for us in Boston. But again, as I mentioned on the last, you know, last week's show, incredibly important to recognize and thank the man that brought in a lot of our high-level talent, that being Turner, Kelly Jensen, Chris Martin, the names go on and on. Um, it, it's just – it's one of those things where while the offense isn't looking good, I still think we have to look at Kike full picture for all the things he's been able to do for us in Boston – Again, sometimes the highs can be high, and in you know, the, in the opposite side, the lows can be really low. And right now, I think he's experiencing that. I think it's it's just gonna take a little time for him to just get it going. And if it's not, you know, this year, hopefully next year he's able to get back off off the snide there because I, it's it's hard to not like Keith Hernandez. It's really hard not to. The guy is is fun he's just, he's a great, he's a great dude. So I, I really hope he can, he can figure it out. Cody, I know, I think you want to add something else. Yeah. I just wanted to
1: loop back a little bit to our conversation about Masataka Yoshida. We had kind of talked about a little bit about it in the Denver segment and, you know, an honorable mention, Um, you know, when we first signed him, we had that emergency podcast and we we're like, all right, you know, we got one, right. A big ticket, free agent signing, regardless of where it came from, we got somebody. This is great. Let's, you know, have a discussion. What do we think can be, you know what would be a successful season etc and i if i'm not mistaken i think we landed on like a 280 average 20 doubles 10 to 15 home runs and like 80 rbis right we were like man if we just get that we would be over the moon year one uh with the caveat that he would you know probably get better uh, as his contract ages keep me honest guys I, I believe that's kind of where we landed right
2: um Somewhere i, in that I part, was the super least. pessimistic so the, the other. I mean, he's
1: already got those 20 doubles. You know, he's got 11 bombs and 50 RBIs with a 317
0: average. Yeah. I was okay with him. I, we need to get something. I was happy right. about Yoshida. I was happy about Mondesi. Everybody knew how happy I was about Mondesi, and Mondesi hasn't worked out so far, but I'm not going to change my tune just because, you know, one, one, of, them, one of them didn't work out yet. Right. I still think he will once he's healthy. I just wish his dang knees were good.
1: I just can't believe that we were as close to our year end predictions at the halfway point. I mean, this is just unbelievable production, but, uh, that's, that's all I really kind of wanted to add. Uh, Charlie, back to you.
0: Cool. Right on. Um, I think unless that, that's it, I think we can move right into our duds where you will again, lead us off Cody. So, um, when you have a quick moment, hit us off with your duds, sir.
1: Yeah. So, you know, with a series like this, there were there were a few duds, right? You know, in, in episodes past, we had talked about, hey, you know, this one was a great series or we got a sweep or, you know, top to bottom, there was a lot of production. Um I don't think we were as fortunate uh, with this series, and the dud for me would be Jake uh, Faria, Faria. I'm not entirely sure if I'm pronouncing Faria. That correctly. Faria. Thank you, Terry. Uh, two innings pitched, four hits, five runs, all earned, four walks, and three strikeouts. You know, the game was, I believe, 11-0 when he came in in the eighth. And, you know, we got through 11-5, to um, and it got kind of dicey there in in both of those innings, right? You know, he got a couple of strikeouts that were big. I know it was his debut, and you don't want to dump on a guy, you know, first, first game in the uniform. But um, it was kind of indicative of this bottom of the barrel kind of bullpen arms that we're starting to see in some of these bigger games, guys that just aren't capable necessarily of putting away innings or putting away guys or, you know, getting that out pitch, right. You know, I feel like there were a lot of full counts uh, for Faria. Um, But, you know, it was his debut, you know, maybe he gets settled in the system. Maybe they tweak a little something with his mechanics and he can, he can kind of sharpen up. Uh, But in a weekend where there's a lot of fireworks and a lot of good things for us, um, you know, he was, I guess, the Doug for me without, you know, being too harsh.
0: Terry.
2: I got to do it once a show. Here's the bad news. Um, came up with Tampa Bay. Failed. Good pitching, you know, program. Goes to Milwaukee. Basically fails. Another good pitching program. I mean, you look at Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, um, Wade Miley has had some good years there. Very good years. Another good program failed. Arizona Diamondbacks in 2021. um, Maybe they weren't noted for, you know, being a great program at that point, but it certainly has evolved into one. You know, was Zach Galen, uh, Merrill Kelly, um, so it didn't didn't go so well there. So <laughs> then he shows up today, first appearance with the Boston Red Sox, and uh, I don't think Dave Bush is going to fix him either. I, I don't think Dave Bush is the guy who fixes you anyway. But um, did not look good today. You know, four hits, five earned runs, four walks. Dude was a mess, and I think the intention was see what he looks like today. Uh, if he looks good for an inning, maybe he'll be a candidate to go two, three, four innings in one of the uh, bullpen games in Oakland, but um judging by what you saw from him, I don't think you want him anywhere near the mound in a competitive game you got to be either way ahead or way behind to to go to faria
0: yeah um 29 years old making your debut not with your first not with your second not with your third but with your fourth team right you said tampa bay milwaukee also a little in arizona it's just, it's not working. He had a, a little bit of relevance a couple of years back, but I mean, didn't play last year, wasn't around. And this year, already in his first game, pretty much showcasing that it's probably not in the cards. It's just, it's just not there. So I, I don't want to beat a dead horse. He came in, he, you know, pitched two very important innings. We have a lot of bullpen games. So having, excuse me, a guy gets shelled after. You know, you put up 11 runs, as Cody mentioned, looked a little bit closer than it probably should have when, you know, the last two innings came, came to fruition there. But, I mean, um, uh, somebody's got to do it. And if it's going to be somebody like that, okay. And he's obviously going to be gone in, in a couple of minutes. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure he got sent back down and we brought somebody else up, if I'm not mistaken. Did that they happened. send him down? I'm pretty sure they okay. did, if I'm not mistaken. But I, I, I'm not 100% sure. Um, let me see real quick, see I, if I can find it.
2: I didn't really look at the post-game uh, media stuff. You so.
0: could be told, you, you go five innings in your first appearance, two innings, or you allow five runs in two innings, you're probably not going to be long for for the team. I don't want to kind of beat a dead horse about him. He, he didn't do great, um, but someone had to suck up the innings. So I'll, I'll leave it there. Uh, Terry, who did you have for your dud?
2: My dud is going to be James Paxton. Um, I expressed a little bit of concern coming into the series uh, about his previous start. Uh, that was with uh, that was against Oakland of all teams, and he only had three punchouts, uh, you know, in the game. And you you could kind of make some excuses as well. He was just on paternity leave. Maybe he's not sleeping well, at, you know, with a baby screaming at three a.m. Um, so, you know, so you could, you could kind of chalk that up. And then he comes into, uh, his start in game two against the Cubs and looked fantastic. The first two innings looked absolutely fantastic. Struck out Nico Horner, struck out, say Suzuki, got a ground out from Ian Happ. Who's actually having a pretty good season. Then in the second inning, got a fly out from Cody Bellinger. Uh another flyout from Jan Gomes struck out Trey Mancini. Not having a good year, and I'm a big Mancini fan, so that's kind of a bummer. But um, but yeah, so those were his first two innings, didn't allow a single base runner. And then in the third inning, he went into like Nick Pavetta mode. Something happened in his brain, was not locating, um, walked the first batter, hit the second batter walked the third batter, and uh, the Cubs were just off to the races after that. They scored a couple of runs, and then Cody Bellinger with the bases loaded comes up and hits a granny. So that was basically it. Um, Cora did not uh, Paxton gets out of the inning, finishes it out, and then Cora uh, elects to uh, just take him out of the game at that point. So not a great outing, and I mean, we've kind of eaten a little bit of crow on on James Paxton. I mean, I didn't think he was going to look this good, and if you looked at his rehab starts before he actually made his debut, those didn't look good either, um, and then the dude has been basically lights out, you know, punching out six, seven, eight guys per outing. his His velo, I mean, he's got the best velo uh, in the starting rotation, essentially. And uh, I think he's even the oldest uh, pitcher in there. Um, So we'll see. I mean, he has, uh, at times in his career, struggled uh, a little bit with his mechanics. Uh, Unlike, you know, a guy like Nick Pavetta, um, you know, he he seems to figure it out uh, quickly enough. But he's... He you know he has starts like this where he does get shelled so we'll see. I just hope that you know he is injury prone as he is, uh, I hope that his mechanical struggles don't lead to an injury, you know because he's laboring so much, but we'll see. He's one of our biggest trade chips. I think at this point we're trending strongly towards being buyers at the deadline, but if things happen to go awry, you know, he's going to be a guy that you would think will will net you a, a decent prospect uh, at the deadline.
0: Cody?
1: Yeah, Terry mentioned a lot of great points, right? You know, we've had to eat a little bit of crow here. I don't know uh, if it's necessarily crow or if it's just us begging for scraps to get anything back on this contract that we've laid out for a guy that has had trouble staying healthy. And it has been great to see him you know, pitch to his former ability. Um, You know, it was definitely shocking to see it go so south so quickly from a guy that has been able to kind of grind and battle and have a lot of good outings. Uh, I'm just kind of hoping to chalk it up to. Ball is flying out of the stadium. Every now and again, that starter has that, you know, two, three innings, eight earned run, eight hits, whatever, kind of outing, don't know what it is, flush it, move it on. Um, But – you know, really, really hoping there isn't going to be any you know, lingering kind of body issues and uh, he can get right for his next start.
0: Every pitcher is going to have a bad game. Uh, it's been a really, really long time. You have to look back all the way to late May, and that's against Anaheim uh, when he was pitching in L.A. and he gave up five runs in three innings. Since then, he's been able to put together a really, really nice streak of five quality starts out of six. Um, in his last couple of appearances. So the whole month of June, I mean, guy had a 1.74 ERA. He allowed a total of six earned runs. In this one start alone, he allowed six earned runs. So this is nothing more than a blip on the calendar. I do not want to waste any time talking poorly about James Paxton because he, is when, he has been one of the only bright stars this team has had this year. Pitching lights out almost on a regular basis. So Bad start, chalking up, leaving it there. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, anything else that you wanted to add, Cody? No. Nope? All right. Cool. So uh, my dud for this one. It's continuing to be a, a trend as far as not really being able to be counted on. Did have uh, a meaningless error in the in the uh, like what I think it was the ninth inning uh, for one of those games. The first game of the se- uh, first game of the series was Connor Wong. Uh, Connor Wong went two for 11, a couple singles, still four strikeouts, really not anything in, in the power bat situation. You know, last month couldn't hit 200 couldn't hit his, his, you know, his weight almost. It was just brutal. And outside of the month of July has had really kind of an irrelevant month, just one run scored. um, Just not, not really getting it done. So, for me, it's, it's Connor Wong. And uh, until we have, I think a, a, a better option at the catching position, it's going to be really Connor Wong's to lose. But finally it felt like we had a series where we didn't have three or four black holes, which is good. Um, but for me, it's just, it, it's Wong. I just, he comes to the plate and and I, I look at him as an automatic out, uh, Cody, why don't you go next?
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's because we got spoiled, uh, you know, we being a generality, you know, growing up with, with Tech at the as the backstop and, you know, having such production from from him um, or looking around the landscape of Major League Baseball and largely viewing catcher as a spot that you're not going to get a lot of offensive output from, right? You know, you have your few, you know, your Victor Martinez, your Pudge Rodriguez, you know, Buster Posey, et cetera. Uh, my Piazza to name I know I'm sure you know I'm forgetting some at this point but anything offensive you get out of the catcher position in my opinion is just icing on the cake it's a bonus right you're not necessarily um, relying on him for offensive production and he's still in my opinion you know very defensively strong behind the plate obviously he's got a rocket for an arm he's you know kept the, the stolen bases down um, so you know as long as he continues to keep up that defensive production and kind of keeping the pitching staff in order, whatever that looks like for us. Uh, I'm okay with it. I understand that his offensive production has been extremely ugly. I am not taking away from that in any capacity. Um, You know, if I I think what you mentioned, what uh, two hits across what uh, 11 at bats, you know, no RBIs, no, you know, home runs. I think one run scored is just not great, but I'm also not, necessarily expecting him to to be the one hitting the cover off the ball so it could just be a different you know framing of it uh mentally you know you you to myself but um definitely a dudley performance offensively
0: terry
2: I don't really have a ton to add here. Um, I'd love to see the strikeouts come down. I mean, it feels like lately it's almost been a fifty percent clip on strikeouts. It wasn't quite that bad. He had four, um, you know, four strikeouts in his eleven at bats. I do love his arm. I think he's he, you know, keeps the you know base runners honest, you know, from the opposing team. He's gunned down a lot of them and I think that helps, you know, I mean, if another team has a Jaron Duran type guy, you know, they're going to think twice before running on Connor Wong. So I like that, you know, I I don't think it's a, it's a total loss at at the catcher position, but um, you know, it falls off pretty steeply after Wong, you have Alfaro and he's not good defensively at all. And Probably not going to hit a whole lot better. Um, He was two for six on the series, but, um, but yeah, it's just, that's just not a position we're
0: going to, we're going to get a ton of offense out of. I mean, he had that two homer game against Toronto and we all kind of sat there like, what? This is just after he had another homer on the game before that. So, you're hitting close to 300 with your, you know, kind of rookie ish catcher. And then not long after that, goes into a one for 23 slump, and you see that batting average drop from 290 to 222. So it was a very steep decline, you know, like for lack of a better term, just a, just a really bad downcline. He strikes out over 40% of the time, not 50%. So it's not half, but damn, it's close. 13 strikeouts, 31 at bats. In The month of June 31 out of 69, that's good enough for 45 percent. So, basically, every other at bat in my book is probably going to be a strikeout that's not going to get it done. So, yeah, like you mentioned, Alfaro a little bit of a hot mess, uh, defensively, but uh, unfortunately, it's one of the premier positions where if you don't have a stud like you know, a la. Adley Rushman, or, you know, as Cody mentioned, Mike Piazza, like it's really hard to find a superstar catcher. And I want to say the Red Sox were rumored to be in on Sean Murphy before he left Oakland. Not sure what that package would have looked like. Man, oh man, should we have taken another look at that one? Because Sean Murphy is, has already exceeded expectations so far in Atlanta. He's already done everything that he did last year in Oakland, and he still has half the season to go. Terry, go ahead.
2: I just wanted to add. I'm almost positive the Atlanta Braves gave up their number one prospect for Sean Murphy. So the uh, I can't
0: remember what the deal was when they got Murphy. It was.
2: I remember one of our co-hosts going off about it. It just seemed like an overpay. I mean, if we give up Meyer, we go from like the 15th best farm to the 24th best farm. So it's just it would be a steep drop off if we would have went for him. And just one last nugget on Wong he's um, he's only earned one walk the entire month of July. Not that he's ever drawn a ton of them, but plate discipline needs to improve for sure.
0: Uh, for the record you are right. Uh, the number one, the number six and the number 18 ranked prospects all went over in addition to uh, Manny Pina and Asturi Ruiz, that guy that's you know on pace for 80 stolen bases, was someone that the uh, A's ended up getting um, from that brewer. So he was a part of that wild trade, which involved three teams. The Braves literally only got Sean Murphy out of it, but they definitely won that deal. So um, a couple of, of dishonorable mentions, uh, Verdugo, Real, real quiet, but again, he's been electric this year, so I don't want to say anything. I, I honestly feel he probably should have been a starter in the All-Star game over the Orioles outfielder, but because we're in the, the dumpster and the Orioles are doing better, that's probably why he ended up getting more votes. Uh, Verdugo, one for eight, a walk, a single, a stolen base, which is nice, Run scored. And then Taylor Scott, who uh, also just kind of fell apart, he did get DFA'd uh faria came up and and taylor scott ended up getting dfa'd if i'm not mistaken one and two thirds innings pitch two runs on four hits three walks a pair of strikeouts and a home run allowed uh any other dishonorable mentions for your for you folks
2: i think that about covers it
0: i think so too so uh from the three of us we want to thank all of our loyal listeners and to our first-time listeners as well. We appreciate all of you. Everyone have a great night. Take care.